Welcome to DNA of a Dangerous Church. Get ready for powerful and practical insight on how to let the supernatural power of God Thank you for listening to DNA Join of your a Dangerous and Church. Anointed Be sure to subscribe to the show on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com or iTunes, Spotify. Follow Pastor Ben Shuffman on social media. Enjoy our mailing list for exclusive bonus training content at www.fmc.church.com. This last Sunday at church, we talked about the power of prophecy, the power of your prophetic voice, and the utterances that come out of your mouth. Now, as you know that we are created in the image of the Most High God, and our God is one that spoke the world into existence by the utterance of his mouth. So in him is the power to speak life out of simply a declaration of his tongue. Now, it says in Genesis that he made us in his image, both male and female, made us him. And so when he made us, he made us in his image. He did not make us in the image as our physical beings, since it is clear from the word of God that God is a spirit and not a physical being. The image that he made us in was his spirit being, which means we possess the image of God. We are image bearers of God. So if our God can speak things into existence, then so can we. Since our God speaks and decrees, so can we. And if that's the case, it means that all of us are born prophetic. All of us enter into this world as supernatural prophetic beings. If that's the case, then what comes out of our mouth is very important that it lines up with the word of God. So that means what comes out of here is always prophetic. There are two types of prophetic, foretelling and forthtelling. Okay. And so one of those is where we decree and one of those is where we see. And what do I mean by that? I mean, one of them is seeing future tense. We're seeing things that are that God is revealing to us to show. The other one is us decreeing things that are not yet as though they are. Okay. And so that's important to understand that these things come out of our mouth. But what happens is, is that the enemy who is not made as an image bearer of God wants to corrupt our prophetic voice. He knows we have the power to speak things into existence. So he will come alongside of us and get us to partner with principalities, partner with powers of darkness by getting us to release our prophetic decrees over things that will haunt and destroy. See, prophecy is supposed to encourage and equip, but the enemy comes to still kill and destroy. He is the deceiver. So he releases deception out of his tongue, but his tongue holds no power. His tongue holds no authority. It is our tongue that holds all authority. It's our tongue that holds the power. And so what he does is simply get us to align and agree with him. Let me give you a great example. In the Garden of Eden, gossip was the downfall. It was gossip. Satan came in and began to gossip. But I want you to catch the revelation here. It was not gossip about Adam and Eve that brought death to Adam and Eve. It was gossip about God. That's right. Satan came in and said to Adam and Eve, God doesn't want you to be like him. He's withholding good things from you. The gossip was an accusation of slander against the Lord that said, God is not good. He does not want you to be like him. He is withholding something from you. That was the gossip. Adam and Eve were ushered into death, not by gossip about them, but gossip about him. And when that happens, see, the death comes on you, not when you gossip, not when you repeat the gossip, 
but when you simply hear and believe the gossip, there are so many Christians that have been taken out just by that simple concept of coming into agreement with a lie. The lie of the enemy will rob you of your future every single time. Because when you start to repeat that, when you start to believe that you are adding faith to your prophetic decree, you are issuing statements out of your mouth that have the authority of heaven behind them. And so it's so important that we don't do that. One of the other ones that we do is slander. Slander is that forth telling. It's when we decree things that are not as though they are. And many of us come into agreement with the enemy. He comes in and slanders and we repeat it. And we don't even realize that what the enemy is doing is creating a self-fulfilling prophecy through us. And we start to decree things out of our mouth that are destructive to us. Let me give you a great example. My husband's never going to change. My wife's never going to change. I always have bad luck. We're always struggling financially. Everything always breaks on us. Do, do you see that? I'm decreeing and speaking things into existence that are not. I'm aligning myself into the agreement of two or three. The enemy needs you to come into agreement with him to take authority over you. He doesn't need you to lose the battle. He just needs you to fight for him. And so many Christians are willingly giving up their weaponry to the enemy instead of warring on God's side. They think they're on God's side. God, why don't you show up and fix us? And God is saying, I have given you the power to bless and I've given you the power to curse and you've used it to curse yourself. Okay, so I talked about that on Sunday at church, this authority. There's also a third one that has to be recognized and that is the power of fear. First, excuse me, second Timothy one seven says this, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. The spirit of fear is in fact, the spirit of prophecy when it's coupled and activated through faith. Fear is faith in the enemy's prophetic decree of your life. When the enemy says, you'll never make it, I'm going to destroy you. You're going to be homeless. You're going to lose all your money. Your spouse is going to cheat on you. Come on, how many times has that happened? And fear rises up in you. You have put faith in the enemy's prophetic voice, in the enemy's declaration. And when you do that, you start to come into agreement and alignment and you release the power of your prophecy. See, he has he has a prophetic voice, but it has no power. But you give him the power when you do that. Fear is simply faith in the enemy. And let me just say this, there is a healthy fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you can either be afraid you, or you can have fear for the Lord. And they are different things and they are healthy when in the right context. Let me say it this way. Whatever you fear, your worship. Whatever you are afraid of, you believe actually has power over you. You have made it your God. What you are afraid of is your idol. It is what you worship because it is what you believe has power over you. I have fear of the Lord because I understand like what it says in Hebrews 10. Whew, it better put a little fear in me to realize that I'm in the hands of an almighty God who will judge my life. So if I understand that God almighty is the only one that holds power over me and my fear is root, root uh, is deeply rooted in him, 
then I have no fear of the enemy. So God has not given me a spirit of fear. So how do we walk out of this fear, this gossip and this slander that gets our prophetic voices to agree with the enemy? I hope this is helping somebody tonight. Let me know if it's helping you. But this is, this is what we have to do. We have to begin to counteract those words that we speak over ourselves. Let, let me just say this. So many of you guys are guilty. I go on Facebook all day long. And what do I see? Prophetic decree, prophetic decree, prophetic decree, prophetic decree. When what comes out of your mouth is the testimony of the negative things that happen in your life, you are testifying. See, that, that's the other side of it. Not just the prophetic decree, but the testimony of your life. The word of God says you overcome the enemy by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. So if the word of your testimony is testifying about what he has done to you, you're not overcoming the enemy with the word of that testimony. You're aiding the enemy by the word of your testimony. So when you come into agreement and testify, today I had a terrible day. I'm ready for today to end. I'm so stressed out. I have a headache. I have this. I'm not saying you can never be real or honest on Facebook, but there has to be a testimony of the Lord. You can ask for prayer. You can say, hey guys, I'm going through something. I need prayer. But if all you are ever doing is getting on Facebook and ranting about how terrible your life is, how terrible your day is, so someone will have sympathy for you, the only one you are coming under the eyeball, the scrutiny of is the enemy. What you are doing is coming into an alignment and agreement with his testimony over your life. You are testifying and you are not overcoming the enemy. So you have to begin to testify about the goodness of God. Testify and the enemy will be overcome. So you need to begin to move in that realm. But how do we overcome the fear? Because the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear, which means he doesn't want us walking in the spirit of fear. So how do we overcome the spirit of fear? Well, the truth is the spirit of fear, not walking where we are afraid of the attack of the enemy has to do with, there's a couple of reasons why we, we walk afraid and, and church, I'm going to get on to you for just a second. You guys need to hear this. Okay. Because a lot of you guys, I, I've drilled it in and drilled it in and drilled it in how we need to be sharing our faith and bringing people to faith in Jesus. But the problem with the church many times is what we want to do is we want to go out and we want to share the love of God and the simple gospel of love. And then we get people saved and maybe six months, a year go by and we, they, they, we've got them in church. And so now we're like, Hey, it's time for you to go deeper. We should get you scheduled for baptism. And many churches only do baptism once or twice a year. And it's a schedule. And then we get them baptized and we finally wash them clean after a year of being a believer. And then maybe we recognize that they're still going through some emotional trauma that just simply knowledge of the word of God has not helped. So maybe we get them some inner healing or counseling, right? We pray over them. And then maybe some of the radical churches out there will recognize they haven't quite got better and we'll take them through deliverance and get the enemy to let go of all the strongholds that have been built up in their life. And this is a two or three year process. And what we've done Listen to me, church. What we've done is we've awakened people and recruited people into warfare. I want you to catch this. When someone repeats the sinner's prayer, they, their spirit is renewed and restored. But what you have done is recruit them into the army of the Lord. Well, yeah, Pastor Ren, I know that's the army of the Lord. But 
what happens is, is that we want to just share the love of God. We don't want to call people to repentance. That'll come later. We don't want to baptize people. We don't want to get them delivered. We don't want them inner healed. We don't want to go through all that in the beginning. We don't want them to be baptized in fire. That'll come as they learn a little bit. They don't need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And what happens is, is by not teaching people to repent and be washed clean, we've sent them into warfare without their breastplate on the breastplate of righteousness. We've sent them into war and said, don't worry about how to use that sword. We'll teach you that later. Don't worry. You got the helmet of salvation. You don't need the rest of it. We'll teach you all of that later. Just go fight for a while. And we wonder why people say the Christian life is hard because we have not equipped them to walk in the warfare that is coming on their life. You guys know as, as well as I do that when someone gets saved, the, it puts a target on their back for the enemy. Yet we're so afraid to equip them in the power and the authority. We don't put the full armor on them because we don't, we don't want to wear them out right away. We don't want to go through all the steps. That's a lot. And so what we've done is we've given them the helmet but we've left them vulnerable. They have not repented. They have not been washed clean in baptism. So they have no breastplate of righteousness. They're not equipped in the word yet. So they don't know how to wield the sword. Maybe they got a little bit of a shield. We can't send, we can't tell people we'll train you later and send them to the slaughter. And so what we've done is we haven't equipped them how to battle the enemy. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power of love and a sound mind. So the key to overcoming fear is right there in that scripture. The key to walking in supernatural power and authority is found right there in that scripture. Power, love, and a sound mind. So let's break that down. Let's go backwards. In fact, I believe the key to this is going backwards. The first thing you need, need is a renewal of your mind. You get the helmet of salvation and there is a renewal of your mind that needs to take place. A thought process about how the world works. You need your mind to be aligned with Christ. Your flesh is going to take a minute. Okay. There's going to be things in your flesh that are rooted out for a while, but your mind needs to be set on things above. And that has to do with the declarations of your mouth. We need to teach people right in the very beginning, change the way you think. Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is holy, whatever is a good report, think on these things. Start renewing the mind. Change the thought processes of the mind. Recognize that your voice has power, so your thoughts that come out of your mouth have authority. And start training people to renew their mind. Because if they'll start releasing a belief system that God can do all things through Christ who strengthens them, then we'll have a shift in the body of Christ. So we need to renew their mind. But it's not enough just to renew their mind. Well, look at me. I'm so powerful. I have authority. We have to teach them to love. We have to teach them that the love of God is the key that turns on the engine of miracles. Love, without love, we're a glanging symbol and a resounding gong. And if we don't love our neighbors ourselves, then we have left out half the commandments that God asked us to fulfill. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your mind, heart, and soul and love your neighbor as yourself. It becomes necessary not just to love God, but love others. And when we start to do that, when we start to love others, we'll share the gospel with them. When we start to love others, we won't leave them vulnerable and unequipped. When we start loving others first, we'll start recognizing that they need us to help warfare on their behalf. And so when we love others, the spirit of fear is cast out because the Bible says that perfect love casts out fear. I love all these shirts that say faith over fear. 
I love that. I get it. I know what they're trying to say, but the truth is that's bad theology. It's really love over fear. It's love that conquers fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Let me give you a perfect example. As a parent, if a car is about to hit my kid, I am without hesitation and thought going to run and shove my child out of the way of that car with no fear for my own safety because I love my child that much that the thought of whether or not I'll get hurt is not going to enter my mind. The love overrides the fear in me, not the faith. I have no faith that I might possibly uh, make it in front of that car, push him out of the way, save his life, and then not get hit myself. There's no faith there. In fact, faith hasn't even come into the equation right there. I have faith that I, I'm capable of running fast enough to save my kid, which is why I initiated that. But I have no faith I'm going to be okay. I have love. Love is the highest form there. Faith comes. Faith is important. Faith comes in the power segment. So if I've renewed my mind, I'm walking in love, and then, then I can walk in the power and authority of God. In order to walk in that power, I need to add faith to the equation. Faith is a part of that powerful thing. It is the shield. And so I need to walk in power and authority and recognize it's not just enough to think on the right things. It's not just enough to love people. If I have no power, I will still always over be overcome by fear because the spirit of fear will always overtake me. That's why there's so many Christians that have studied the word of God. They know what the word says, but they live in fear every day of the enemy. Because the truth is, if you ask most denominations, most Christians, they believe that Satan is the one that has all the power. They do. I promise you, you go to any cessationist or somebody that does not believe in the power of God and, and you will hear it from them. Satan's attacking me. Well, why don't you just have God heal you? Well, I don't believe God heals today. So you believe the enemy has the authority to come against you and put sickness on you and attack you. The enemy can come in and steal and rob your home, but you don't believe God has any power to move in your life. Man, that's not a good father. That's not the father I serve. In fact, I would never classify a dad who wanted to be in right relationship with me, sent his son to even die and pay the penalty for me so he could have a good relationship with me. And then his idea of a good relationship is to never speak to me or do anything nice for me again. It's not, he doesn't want to correct me. In fact, he did everything. He gave his own life to enter into a relationship with me, but all he did was leave me a box full of letters and he won't take my phone call. He has the ability to take my phone call. He's still very much alive. He just won't take my phone call. He just left me letters. And every time I reach out and try to call him, he says, you know what? Didn't I leave you some letters? Just read those. I don't want to talk to you. That, how is that a good father? That goes against the premise of calling God the father. Satan doesn't have the authority. So we need to walk where we renew our minds, continually think on those things. And, and here's the thing about renewing your mind. It is a renewal. It's not just a one-time event because you guys know good and well, there are days you wake up and you're like, I have to renew my mind every 15 minutes today. I'm going through something that is so damaging to my life. But we have to remember, we renew our minds. God, you are the almighty. You love me. Your plans are for me. I realize I'm walking through a dark moment, but you can bring me through this. And I'm going to choose to love you and recognize that, yes, you love me. And then because you love me, I'm going to recognize that you are the God of all power, all might. You are the God who can rescue me where no one else can. You still have power and authority in my life. It's not just reading your words to encourage me that can rescue me. You can rescue me. You can bring me through it.
And when that happens, the spirit of fear has to go. And that means you are lining your prophetic voice up to heaven and you are coming into agreement with God. And when two or more come into agreement, woo, you can see some real change. Make sure your prophetic voice is lined up with heaven and not with hell. There's a lot of people using their prophetic voice for hell. Come on. He is the liar. Why do you think he lies so much? Because there's power in words. There's power in words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will do more damage than anything else in anyone's life. A bone will heal. A shattered soul is much more difficult. Now with God, all things are possible, but but they, it is tough. I hope that helps you today. I hope that that gives you some encouragement today on how you can walk in power and authority and take back the power of your prophetic voice over the enemy coming in to make decrees through you. Stop giving him your testimony and start walking in a renewed mind, the love of God and the power and authority that God has given you. You have the power to break through into destiny. You want blessing? Speak it. This is not a name it, claim it message. This is the gospel of Jesus. Does it mean you'll never have suffering? Heck no, it sure doesn't. See, I, I don't believe in that. I actually enjoy the suffering. I actually am a fan of the suffering. I, I never signed up to not be suffering. That's why I wear armor. I didn't wear armor so the enemy would never swing at me. I wear armor so he can't conquer me, but it never said there wasn't going to be battles. The difference is, is because my mind is renewed. When battles come against me, they do not overcome me. They do not take me down into depression and fear. How does a spirit of fear come on you? Well, you're challenged constantly. There's going to be constant battle. There is going to be that. But by repenting, by renewing our minds, by coming into alignment with God's word and putting on the breastplate of righteousness, we can overcome the enemy. And testify to what God has done good, even when we are in moments where it does not feel good. Whew, that's a good word today. Somebody needs to say amen to Pastor Ren on that one. I hope that that's equipped you. Guys, let me say this. I think you need to sign up for my mailing list, ffc.church slash dangerous, ffc.church slash dangerous. And you can subscribe to our podcast there as well on the Charisma Podcast Network, DNA of a Dangerous Church, where we equip you how to walk in authority and power. And we unlock the mystery of walking as a true son or daughter of God. That's the benefit there. Hallelujah. Come on. So there's fire on this broadcast tonight. I believe that God wants to touch you. I want you guys to go grab my book, Breaking the Bastard Spirit. You need to break these spirits off. You need to break the power and hold of the enemy off of you. Go grab it on Amazon, Breaking the Bastard Spirit. It will train you and teach you not only for you, but for the next generation. It will raise you up as a spiritual parent in the kingdom of God. It will teach you how to be a spiritual son or daughter to those that are above you and let them speak into your life. It is a leadership book of epic proportion. There's a reason why many huge generals in the faith have read this and said, this is the book right now. This is a top 10 book that needs to be read by every leader and every Christian in America. So don't miss this book. Thank you for listening to DNA of a Dangerous Church. Be sure to subscribe to the show on CharismaPodcastNetwork.com or iTunes, Spotify, Google, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Follow Pastor Ren Shuffman on social media and join our mailing list for exclusive bonus training content at www.ffc.church/dangerous. slash